Music. Bashiana. Medical disclaimer. The advice that I'm sharing is based on my experience as a licensed massage therapist and an active participant in alternative healing practices. The advice is for educational and informational purposes only. While it may be useful to some, be smart about it. Talk to a healthcare provider before trying out some of these practices. Hi, it's Shiana. Welcome to Who You Call Holistic. Today, I have a special guest here with me, uh, a good friend of mine. I could call you a friend, I do believe. Now. Absolutely. Yeah, we can do that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I have with me Darius J. Should I call you Darius or DJ? DJ is good. Okay, <laughs> we'll go with DJ today. Welcome, DJ. What's happening? So, uh, we go back and forth on Instagram often with some of our shares, <laughs> and like it's, it's good to have you know somebody I can discuss things with on the male side of things that isn't um, necessarily trying to get in my draws. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not very common these days. Most definitely. And uh, so I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, and I know, like, you've even shared that as well. Like, you can have platonic friendships and, you know, you can build with people and not yeah. necessarily try to sleep with them all. Absolutely. I think that's a, a thing that a lot of men need to learn. Uh, I've learned in my time that, you know, you don't have to have that type of uh, relationship with everybody you encounter. So um, it's been a lesson of my own, but I wish a lot more men practice that too. Mm-hmm. You know, it'd be a lot more valuable relationships. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we've even discussed like how uh, often the men that are getting these podcasts these days mm. <laughs> that are sharing their, uh, their opinions on things shouldn't have the podcast. Yeah, I think... I don't know. I think if you listen long enough, you'll realize a lot of people just be projecting, um, you know, a lot of the experiences and thing they, things they've been through in their intimate or whatever, whatever, the, whatever platform they're speaking from. I think a lot of it is just people projecting their experiences. So um, you can, just can't listen to everybody. Everybody doesn't deserve to um, everybody deserves to have a voice. But a lot of people just be projecting. You got to heal through a lot of the stuff you been through before you can get on those platforms and putting that out into the world right and even okay so even you saying the word projecting that sounds very therapized yes like clearly you've done some work of your own oh absolutely (laughs) um it's been a journey man I still have my days but um I like I like where I'm at right now um at peace there's a uh, like a balance in uh work with uh you know my just had been a regular person so um, I wouldn't been able to do a lot of those things if it wasn't for me just really kind of dealing with some ugly parts of myself and things I know I need to work on as a as a male and as a parent and et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So when did you uh, when did the therapy journey start for you? When were you like, I need I need to talk to somebody about this? I'd say I'm gonna definitely say post deployment. I was coming off of deployment and. Um, you know, it's a, it's a stereotype out there about people in the military and money that you make. So, you know, I was capitalizing on that. I was making more money than I had ever made on active duty. And you joined um, right after high school? Yeah, okay. I, I joined back in 2010. Okay. Uh, and I, I just retired this year. Congratulations. Uh, shout out to the veterans out there. Um, you know, I just kind of put that chapter behind me, but it was really post-deployment. It was really at a good place in my life. And, you know, I just kind of realized I wasn't good. 
you know. Um, a lot of that stuff didn't really start showing up until I became a parent and mm-hmm. I had to show up for I had I had literally had to be responsible for somebody else. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the stuff that I really knew I needed to work on um, didn't start becoming a real challenge until I had to be a parent and had to show up for that kid. And um, so I've def- I'm definitely say about 2014, 2015, very pivotal years. Um, my dad died. My biological dad died. I didn't have a great relationship with him. He died probably about three months before my daughter came. Mm. So, you know, I kind of made a promise to myself that I'd show up for the, you know, for my kid in the best way possible and, uh, you know, it's hard to do that when you operate from a dysfunctional place, mm-hmm. you know, so that that taught me a lot. Parenthood taught me so much about uh, healing and finding balance and really kind of giving some understanding about why some people's stories play out the way they are. Mm-hmm. A lot of uh, parents are kids and we're put into those roles when we operate and then, uh, you know, go out here and we create kids. And it's like now we're not we don't have the tools that we need to take care of those kids right. and stuff. So, um, you know, it taught me a lot just going through that, um, having my own, you know, intervals of taking care of her by myself. I had to create my own village and stuff like that. So um, it's hard to receive a lot of that. Uh, it's hard to receive a lot of those things if you're not good. Right. You know, if you're. If you're and when all, you say not good, because, you know, I'm going to bring up, like, everybody's good. Yeah. Everybody's worthy. Yeah. What does not good look like for you anyway? Not good. Uh, most of my not good situations, just all mental, you know, things I've been through in my life, um, you know, starting with, you know, being abandoned and being adopted as a child mm, like that. I had no you idea. Know, I, so for yeah. reference or not reference, backstory, like we're friends, but like I don't know your whole, yeah. I don't know all of your story. I don't know your life. Man, being abandoned as a kid, it just changes you psychologically. I would imagine. Um I can't tell you what it does to you, mm-hmm. you know, but, um, you know, we all, I always thought I always, I, I was going through what we went through as children being abandoned. At what um, age? By the at, way? I was two. Okay. I was two okay. when we were abandoned. I was the youngest of three kids at the time. Mm. And I don't know, like it, like I still, like I still have my periods where I can still think back to when I was three, four years old and still remember certain things. And, um, which is crazy by yeah, the way. Cause like, I don't, I can't say that I remember much yes, of those years. It's crazy. I don't remember a lot, but some, but you me- remember some, things. Mem- some memories yeah. are so vivid that you never get rid of them. And, um, everything I've done up to now is me trying to, um, success my way out of you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. out of dealing with certain mm-hmm. things and you if know i become successful then like it won't none matter. of that matters it yeah it won't matter but truth be told you never become successful if you never deal with it yeah you, you never you never really obtain what you really want you might get money for a short period of time but you know you won't be happy you're not gonna be happy <laughs> like you know, and, you know, money start stopped being everything to me when I realized it couldn't get rid of the things that really bothered me the most as, mm. a, as a person and things that I think about every day of my life from abandonment to molestation to, you know, being physically abused as a kid. Like, I, I can't tell you what it does for the black person, but mm-hmm. it put me in a poverty as mindset and that I had to live a certain way and, mm-hmm. you know, to prove your worth. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, you know, people, I, I still get it now. I, like I, I put, I, I posted about that the other day when you and I spoke about it, just 
getting offended when somebody would say, well, you're such a good dad. You're such a good dad. It's like, man, what you mean, good dad? I'm just doing what I'm supposed to do. You yeah, know? Well, that looks different for everybody. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, but just... what you're supposed to do is really, you know, like generally, generally speaking, you know, to provide a roof over their head and yeah. to make sure they're taken care of. But like, what does that look like? Yeah. <laughs> Well, for me, it's, you know, it's so much more than that because I had those things and mm-hmm. I still was like trying to be so involved in stuff at school that I didn't have to go home. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, I, like I used to be, I used to try to be so good. Any old gifted arts program mm-hmm. I could get into, man, let me get in that program. I want to go home as late as I can, mm-hmm. you know, if, if I wasn't able to play sports. Um, but we, we were all scholars and we were all athletes as kids. All of us made all A's. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know I made all A's up until about the eighth grade, and that's when I started cutting up, mm-hmm. you know, really mm-hmm. bad. Yeah, but you, uh, you mentioned uh, the other day too, like you have a brother, yes, that has a different lifestyle than you do. Much different. Uh, that's that's my Irish twin. Uh, we were both <laughs> born ninety one. Oh, okay. He was born January. Same parents. Okay. Um, both born January. Well, he was born January ninety one. I was born in December ninety one. Okay. So it's always a few weeks out of the year that we the same age, you know, <laughs> great story um, behind us. Uh, that's part of my, like, literally, like, the one of the sole parts of my, like, tribe, you know, mm-hmm. I always leaned on my brother. Uh, I still think about days when we used to, used to be so mischievous as kids, and I knew at some point it was going to have a cap to it on, mm. on, on one of us, like, one of us going to be. But did he know that? No, he mm. didn't. You know, my brother always used to look at violent stuff on TV, mm-hmm. you know, all like. Is he a Capricorn? He is January 2nd, I don't, whatever. Yeah, yeah. so that's, ca- yeah. so, because, you know, I'm a Capricorn. Yeah. I'm, I'm a big fan of them. However, mm-hmm. I often talk about, like, Capricorns, <laughs> mm-hmm. Capricorns, like, there's the, there's the Michelle Obama. Mm-hmm. There is, um, I, I have the same birthday as LeBron and Tiger Woods. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's the the other side of Capricorn, um, like the ones that I don't want to claim, like R. Kelly's a Capricorn. <laughs> um, <laughs> like there's Kelly. some that like they're they're manipulative, they're yeah. um, they're violent. But the like the way that they get into people's minds is like they they're the true cult leaders. Like mm-hmm. LeBron and Tiger have a cult like following, but like the manipulative ones are the real cult leaders that brainwash people and stuff. Yeah. So. That's that that that's your that's your gotcha. brother a little bit. Yes. Okay. My, All right. But you know, just looking at my brother and like you, you talking about the kindest heart, mm-hmm. break his back to make sure you straight. You know, but psychologically, when you have that rough upbringing mm-hmm. and you not given the tools to deal with those things, yeah, it makes getting going it makes your getting going a whole lot harder. You know. Um, you know, my brother's literally one of the hardest working men I know on this earth. I ain't just saying that because he's my brother. Mm-hmm. You know, he's definitely always kept the job no matter what, you know. And, you know, seeing him go to jail for, you know, they were trying to give him 35 years mm. as, at 17 years mm. old. You know, at 17, they were trying to give him 35 years. It was like some armed robbery with intent to kill or something like that. Wow. You know, crazy story, but... um I visited him through the whole prison, mm-hmm. you know, sent him money as much as I could, mm-hmm. you know, and just try to be that, you know, be that voice for him. Um, we were, because I always think about the times where we were both headed down the same road mm-hmm. and I was cutting school, you know, dealing with little girls, 
you know, just wilding mm -hmm. and, you know, just doing regular stuff, but a little bit more amplified, you know, I, regular you know, stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like I was, you know, doing regular teenage stuff, but, you know, we were doing a lot of stealing. Like mm -hmm. We had bad habits with stealing stuff and just getting caught up in the nonsense. And it was one day I was cutting school, had no business being out there in Denmark, South Carolina. Oh, and you're right. <laughs> right. I had no business being out there. And, um, you know, I was, um, you know, hanging out with a, with a female friend. And after that was over with, we ended up going to um, one of his friend's house and some guy had his gun. Uh, you know, just long, keep, keep the story short. Um, the guy took my phone. He calls, didn't realize he called the cops. Wow. And he left the goods literally right across the street, went to a gas station. And we saw some cops circle the block, didn't think much of it. And then not long after that, about three or four cops came around came around the house with guns pointed at us, you know, telling us, you know, you know, you arrested, you know, you were you, you know, under arrest for so and so and so and so it's like And you were seventeen here? I was or? yes, I was seventeen. Mm. I was seventeen. And it's like I don't know, I don't know what something about the gun being pointed at me, telling me to go, you know, like that just like, nah, this ain't for me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> this ain't so for me. You've yeah. experienced like and I don't I don't want to say like I don't want to sound I don't want to I want to have empathy yeah. what, you know so like this is definitely not the life that I lived mm -hmm. um so, like this is what I see mm -hmm. on TV right but I'm like oh my god no people really do have these yeah. experiences yeah. and that was the last time I cut school mm. and it was definitely the last time I said I, I don't like that feeling mm -hmm. with that gun pointed at me because I like I, I just feel like I'm meant to be here I can't just be putting yeah. myself in positions like that and, um, you know, I started making better decisions. My brother, you know, went on to serve uh, 10 years in prison. Mm. And, um, you know, that was just my pivotal moment. I was like, this ain't it. This was 2009. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This Is was that what helped you decide to go into the military? Yes. Okay. Yes. I saw my brother. He, like, we, it was my senior night of high school. And, um, you know, my mom and dad, like, you know, they were both there. Um, and they, he was in his military uniform. I felt like the guy gave him grace. You know, it was right there in Bamberg, South Carolina. I feel like the guy gave him grace, you know, and, you know, he ended up giving him 10 years. Mm -hmm. So 10 years, that was a long time, you know, and I literally, that was January 2010. By March 2010, I was putting on a military uniform. Wow. Yes. And where were so, you deployed? Uh, deployed Afghanistan. Okay. I, I've been to Afghan. I've been to uh, Kuwait, uh uh, TDY in the diff different parts of Afghanistan, Bagram and uh, Bishkek, uh, Manas, and uh, also uh, Shindan, Afghanistan as well, uh, Kandahar, um, some great some great places out there in in the Midwest. Um, but it's uh, in the I'm sorry in the Middle East, but um, had some great experiences. I met a lot of great people. Still, some of my best friends. I ran into a, a few of them yesterday. Um, just you know. Know, just great people that I met on that journey. Uh, it's taught me a lot. You know, military taught me a different level of resilience mm -hmm. when your resources are limited mm -hmm. and, you know, the Wi-Fi is limited. Mm -hmm. you know, God forbid. Yeah. God forbid now. Yeah, yeah. Times <laughs> no changed when I first deployed. I, we was using Skype. Skype mm -hmm. was cool. Yep. Skype was cool. Skype was cool when I first started uh, deploying and stuff. That was before I got the iPhone, and I wasn't photogenic, so I don't have no pictures <laughs> 
I don't have no pictures, no real memories, but it's all up here in my head. Right. And, you know. Some, well, they say like some of that happens, like when we take too many pictures yeah. at at a, an event or something, we yeah. don't have a real memory of yeah. that time. Right. Absolutely. So it's probably for the best. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, you know, Kuwait was my last deployment. This was 2015. And that was right for Layla. Layla was about four months at the time. So it was very early in the game. Uh, so, you know, having to leave my kid, come back watching them walk and running is mm. crazy, you know. But, you know, it taught me resilience and strength, you know. So so what, know, what is what was it like when you were over there? Like, I'm sure, you know, other people in the military, they were able to share some of their resources yeah. and stuff. But, like, how did you maintain your sanity? Um, working out. Oh, okay. Working out. I turned right. to a gym freak. My most recent deployment, I turned to a gym freak. And, um, you know, that's how I, you know, dealt with stress, dealt mm-hmm. with that, you know, that distance between me and my kid. But I talked to her every night on FaceTime, every morning on FaceTime. So we didn't skip a beat. By the time I was coming home, she was walking and, uh, you know, had a couple words to say. But, you know, you know, she was very knowledgeable, still, still knew who I was. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, working out, reading, um, first deployment, I was 20, I left on my 21st birthday and, um, that Happy was, birthday. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the, it was the wildest birthday and I had already planned a party. So, you know, going into that deployment, my mindset had to change. I wasn't popping bottles and doing what the average 21 person was doing. We was, reading books about real estate and mm-hmm. trying to learn how to have our, build our own assets and start our own businesses. So, um, you know, that was 2012. Okay. You know, that was 2012, my very first deployment. So I'm happy about the growth in that 10 year process. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been amazing. Um, all the f- friends that I've made and the resources that I've, uh, obtained in that process and just things I've gotten done that I said I was going to do. Um, you know, that's been a blessing. All mm-hmm. of it's been a blessing. Now, from leaving that lifestyle, would you say some of the therapy that you started after Layla was born was from that deployment, some of the PTSD from there? Yeah, yeah. More so uh, just the living arrangements. Living arrangements got a little rough. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, you know, negative 30-something degrees outside, Mm. and the generators are all broken, (laughs) you know, and there's no amount of bundling up that you can do that, that, makes it feel any different. You still feel naked. So some of those living arrangements and going days without talking to your family and them them even knowing that you're good. Like right. some of that stuff does leave a, leave a scar, you know, it does leave a scar. So um, I still have some bad dreams about some experiences we've had there. Um, you know, just IEDs and it's just, it's a lot of crazy stuff mm. that happens in the Middle East. So, um, I feel like it's calmed down for the most part now, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, I was young at the time, man. I was, you don't expect none of that s- sitting in a bunker, um, uh, three, four hours at a time. Right. Yeah. Like, you know, the alarms are going off, they're firing missiles and all that stuff. And, uh, you know, it's an alarm on the iPhone that triggers me. Mm. If I hear it, it sounds just like the motor rounds, mm. whatever, you know what I'm saying? So, um, I got one alarm on my phone that that's like that's all I want to hear yeah mm-hmm. so. well I did the same though like I have and I told I wonder if it's the same like it's a very distinct alarm that goes mm-hmm. off I, I'm probably thinking of the one that you're talking about yeah. but I remember I was um I was talking to a a woman recently who like that was her her uh 
ringtone for her daughter mm-hmm. when she called. And I, like when I heard it, it was very jarring. And I was mm-hmm. like, is that a is, is that a ringtone? She was like, yeah, that's my daughter. And like, like she's she's always got something going on, going on. And I was like, why don't you start with changing her ringtone first? Like, right, right. like if that's how you're going to answer the phone, you know, and you're already like answering at a at a what do you need level like maybe maybe start there she was like oh my god you're right right it's interesting how like those little triggers can can do so much else to us we would sit in the bunker for hours and hours just sitting there you know scrapped up and i don't miss that yeah (laughs) i don't miss i don't miss it at all i don't miss it at all so um but again it's a it was a it, it wasn't I think me going into that wasn't like, oh, I'm ready to go to combat and die for my country. It was like, I want to see what this is about because I mm-hmm. didn't read a lot about it and watch a lot of movies. I want to see if, it, if it's really like that. And really? Yeah. Like, yeah. I've, I've, now I've watched yeah. a lot of movies too, and yeah. I, I did ROTC in high school. Yeah. But I was never like, oh, I want to see what that's about. Nah. Ever. Like, I wanted to see that. Mm. And, I, like, I, I wanted to live that life and experience it for myself. You know, um, going into the military, that wasn't my mindset. But... I had heard a lot of great things, a lot of wild things, and it's just like, well, if I've dealt with this stuff pertaining right. to my childhood, it's right. like this is this is nothing. A deployment, man, please. I'm like I'm a, I'm gonna eat this up. And we made the best of it. You know, mm-hmm. I met a lot of good people. Um, you know, my boy Miles, AJ, like the whole nine, my boy Jay down in Texas. I got a lot of great connections that people that I still zoe. Um it's a whole list of people that I still keep in contact with that we talk like regular friends, you know, regular people. So, um, you know, definitely grateful for the lessons that I picked up in in those deployments. You know. I know one of the things I share on here often and, you know, those who those holistocrats that are listening already know I love talking about shrooms. I love mm-hmm. promoting shrooms. And I really do think, you know, like what's shifting right now with our our world healing uh, I do think that people are actually going to consider doing shrooms for their therapy because one of the things that it's mentioned it helps with is PTSD. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will share. I, I shared a little microdose mm-hmm. with DJ today. Oh yeah, absolutely. And um, so feel, now I'm you, feeling it wavy. I'm okay, feeling, I'm but like it now. you yeah. as a, it's it's nice that I got a, a whole live live yeah. testimonial. Yeah. But like I explain to people, they're not going to see anything crazy. Cause I think they immediately think the walls are going to start melting or something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But like, I feel like, cause I, I microdosed beforehand today. Um, I feel like it helps with communication. Yes. And I do believe like if people can microdose before having tough conversations, I think it really would just help balance out. Like, help, so help push out some of those tough, tough words. So tough. you experiencing it now, you could see yeah. how that's a, yes. yeah. Like it helps you think outside the box. Yep. Absolutely. I agree. Yay. Live, live testimonial. That's right. (laughs) Um, No, but I just, I think especially for the black community, especially black men, because there's a lot of trauma associated with their upbringings and not just their upbringing, even now. And I think that um, it's a good medicine for trauma. Yeah, definitely. Definitely a good medicine for trauma. Definitely. I agree. Yay. And speaking of medicine, I will say um, you are also somebody who has actually tried out my Reiki. Um, and you had like, I know today we did the Reiki water, which you were confused about, but like, and we can get back to the Reiki water, but before the Reiki water, you actually had a Reiki, like you had a distance Reiki session. Yes. What was that? Do you remember? Yes. I do remember. (laughs) Um, I remember going through a really tough time in my life trying to get answers and I Mm. felt like, 
um, you know, the Ricky kind of brought a calmness, um, a stillness to that journey. Mm. Um, you know, just some things I was dealing with that, you know, just some tough, tough, tough situations that I've been through. Um, I think I had just recently found out that I was going to be a dad again mm. and it was just a lot. So, and I didn't know that by yeah, the way at yeah, all. Like I didn't know any yeah. of these things. And I was like, you should, yeah. you should just yeah. try distance Reiki. And you were like, I, okay, I'll yep. give it a try. Yep. And it was just me, you know, really thinking outside the box and, uh, but, um, another way of accepting help. You know mm. what I'm saying? Yep. Yeah. I, I've had my journey with like, not like, ah, I got it. You know what I'm saying? I got it. Whatever. You know, so it definitely, I feel like it was, it's been helpful and kind of just brought stillness and a calmness to a lot of things that I felt like I was worried about. And, you know, even bodily, even bodily pain, you know, things felt like I felt like they have improved since starting that. Yeah. Definitely been a journey up, but I'm thankful nonetheless. I appreciate you. Thank you. Now, I tell people, like, it's one thing to explain what it is. It's one thing to be like, yeah, it's energy healing, and you're going to feel better. But, like, you just have to experience it. There's yeah. no – I can't put it in words yeah. at all. Agreed. Um, but, yeah, you tried Reiki water today, which I didn't realize you hadn't tried before. But I tell people – and I can – like, you could even – if you were in another part of the country, you mm-hmm. could still send me a picture of, of your water, mm-hmm. and I can Reiki it from over here. Wow. And it would still – because it tasted different, didn't it? I feel like it did. <laughs> But I ain't want to be like, I didn't want, I didn't, I didn't know if I was like actually tasting the difference, honestly, at first. But yeah, definitely, it definitely is, it's, you know, Reiki itself, I feel like it's been pivotal in uh, just my personal development, personal oh, growth. Yeah. Thank you. I love to hear that. Thank you. Absolutely. Because I, I tell people, especially, and I think when I tell black men, I don't think if they, or I think they, they might feel like I'm trying to put a, a root on them or something. Mm-hmm. And they're like, eh, yeah, I don't know about that. But, like, look, you've survived. Mm-hmm, right. <laughs> you survived. I got lots of survivors that have tried Reiki. Absolutely. They're all right with it. Yeah. Um, I, I definitely recommend it. Yay. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I will say I've noticed, like, especially your growth over the years is what I've, I can see. And I'm sure other people can see that on social media, too. But it definitely shows that you have, like, a tribe. Like, you definitely have some mentors. Yeah. What kind of mentors do you have in your life that help you succeed? Everything. Um, business. Oh, man. It's, I got a small village of people here locally that I lean on. Um, you know, if I have questions business-related, I call Kiki over at Kiki's Chicken and Waffles. Okay. She's uh, been very helpful with uh, anything, any questions that I've had. Uh, business business wise and just you know uh, growth wise you know when you talk about scaling the business and how to multiply things that you already perfected and things that you're good at you know so she's been helpful with that uh you know nada nada rutherford she's a good good friend of mine a good friend of mine just been very helpful very resourceful anytime i've asked for help um and, and I, you know, as far as, like, mentoring in the mental health aspect, um, I do go to therapy. Mm-hmm. I go to therapy every Monday. And uh, it's a it's a benefit uh, of being a veteran, mm-hmm. you know. But you can also talk about things that you've been through, you know, um, situations that, you know, you need guidance on. So, you know, I definitely lean on uh, therapists. Uh, you know, shout out to the black 
women in mental health. Like, that's been so helpful. Um, it sounds like you've had a lot of just yeah. black women that have been influential in yes. a lot of this for you. A lot of it. A lot of it's been black women holding me down, mm. holding me accountable. Mm. You know, I didn't got chewed out a lot of times, but I take <laughs> it with grace. You mm -hmm. know, Miss um, Twa and Tylen, um, they've been very helpful with parenting and, you know, me uh, leaning on them with when I needed a hand with my daughter and mm -hmm. um, needed her hair taken out or mm -hmm. hair washed or braided or something like that when I'm in a busy season. You know, I'm not able to do everything all the time. So uh, that's been helpful as well. Um, just having that tribe, you mm -hmm. know, um, a spiritual tribe. Um, I, I go to Bible Way. Um, I kind of got disconnected from my faith a little bit. During COVID, mm -hmm. you know, it's a lot of weird stuff started happening, mm -hmm. and it's just like, I don't know, man. I'm going to just <laughs> put it down for now, you know, and I put it down. And, uh, you know, um, definitely, a, definitely a valuable lesson in that as well, um, not to put that down and just to still lean on your faith whenever uh, things are rocky and things are questionable. You still have to lean on God, you know. So, um, you know, that taught me a lot as well. Yeah, but I don't know. You got to have a mentor. You got to have somebody. At least one. Coach you back. <laughs> Friends, you know, just colleagues. You got to have people around you that's going to coach you back whenever it's time to make tough decisions and whenever you mess up. And somebody, people that can be there to help you uh, clean up things. Mm -hmm. That's things that they're able to help you clean up. But um, I love the accountability in all of this. I, I love being told that I'm wrong <laughs> and being told that I need help and mm -hmm. that, you know, and just giving. You love being told that you're yes, right, too. Right, which is, right. Because I'm yeah. big on manifesting more yes. things that we want. Yes. So you know, put that out there, too. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and I've been told right, told that I was right about a lot of good. things as well. Good, good. And, and I've been told and been shown how to multiply my yeses. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Whenever things are going great, like, all right, this is how you keep it going. Mm -hmm. You know, so um, just... I've always felt like I was a hustler, you know, so some, some of that stuff has just been in me, like, all my life. But fundamental things need to be, you know, put in motion, put in, you know, and put into perspective. So a lot of the things I really need help on were fundamental things, you mm -hmm. know, especially in business and stuff like that. And But, you know, one thing I learned, if you have, like, a good spiritual leader and somebody that you lean on in your faith, the rest of that stuff kind of spills over. Yep. You know, yeah. when you when, when you're you, working from overflow. Yeah, yeah, right. And when you like just focus on being a better person, you just start seeing improvements in yes. every aspect of your life. You know, so, um, you know, I've been through a lot of different things, but I, I feel like I my faith was probably the thing that kind of kept me kept me going for the most part. You know, even when things wasn't always ideal, like I always felt like. I'm gonna be all right, you mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I'm gonna be all right, and I and I kind of leave with that mindset. You know, it's been so helpful. That's why, I like, when people are like, "How are you?" and I, I say, "I'm fine." Mm -hmm. Like, even when even when the shit hits the fan, mm -hmm. things are really shambly around me. I'm like, "Okay, I know, like, I might not be fine, but I'm gonna be. Yep. Like, I know I'm gonna be fine." Yep. Um, but you were talking about your business, and you even mentioned that. At 21, you were looking into having your own because I wasn't in that mindset at 21. I was still like. I was still in the, I'm sure I need to go to college for this maybe. Mm -hmm. And then after I was in college for a little bit, I was like, I really don't need college for right, this. Right. When did you start your uh, your smoothie? Man, Or listen, juice? That's, smoothie? Yeah, yes, smoothie. Yeah, company. smoothie and juicing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, That kind of came about uh, right, right around the end of that deployment um, in uh, Kuwait. 
having too much spare time on my hands and, you know, thinking about how I want my, my life to look in the X amount of years. So this was age 20. I think I believe I was, this was 2015. So that was seven. Oh, when you, when you started therapy and stuff. Yes. Okay. So this was, seven, this was seven years ago. I was 23, about to be 24. I was 23, about to be 24. So, um, you know, that, that process, you know, a lot of my whole story with juicing and smoothie business was me just telling my childhood story mm. about things I've been through and the music that I listen to mm-hmm. in that process, mm-hmm. you know, like, yeah. Cause you do have different, you have very interesting <laughs> names for your, your collection. Yes. Like how um, do you choose your names? Man, <laughs> I just think about how music makes me feel, mm-hmm. you know, um, I was up one night and, you know, just being transparent, we was kind of in a session, you know, we was just, just blazing, mm-hmm. you know, and it, it usually helps. Right. And, I heard Juicy Fruit, and I had been hearing Juicy Fruit my entire life. Mm-hmm. But that one night I was listening to mm-hmm. Juicy Fruit, it was like, oh, no. It took you there. Hit the pen. <laughs> hit the pen, and I just got the right and, mm-hmm. and stuff. And I always thought about how Gladys Knight music made me feel and how Jeffrey Osborne music made me feel as a kid and Glenn Jones, you know, Gregory Abbott, like, the list goes on. Like, but that music was so influential in my childhood because I can think about where I was when that music mm-hmm. first hit my ears, mm-hmm. you know. And it's always a good feeling, you know. Like, um, everybody else, I, I could still go bar for bar, Lil Wayne, any drought is, the drought is over, any <laughs> one of those, Carter 1, Carter 2, Carter whatever. Like, I was listening to all of that stuff, too. But... Old school music was most influential. Mm-hmm. Well, and it hits different. <laughs> yes, it, it definitely hits, hits so, different. So different, and I, I like. I, I just always liked that. I liked the way Luther used to hit those melodies and stuff. You know, so um, that's what, like a lot of a lot of the, my whole journey with the smoothie and juice business has just been me telling my childhood story about old school music mm. and how impactful that music is. Music brings everybody together. So mm-hmm. why not do it in a healthy aspect? You know, so. Um, that's been very helpful. I look forward to, you know, definitely growing that business some more down the road for sure. Yeah, I've had um, some guests on here actually discuss that, and they were like composers, they were Mm -hmm. artists and stuff, about how much uh, healing music can be. And even from my aspect as a healer, I work a lot Mm -hmm. with healing frequencies when I have sessions with people. So even the fact that you're able to like transport yourself to a memory, like that you don't realize just how impactful that healing can be yes and i can tell you like juice man juicy fruit um anita baker uh man i, I got a long list angela wimbush uh teddy pendergrass teddy teddy you know, p um uh Peebo bryson uh, you know very much slept on alexander o'neill probably one of my favorite artists of all times um, but just music that I could, that just take me to a good place. Every time I hear it, I can hear it 20 times mm-hmm. a week and then I still feel the same way. Like the very first time it hit my ears. Mm-hmm. So. That's how I kept talking about Beyonce's album. Like mm-hmm. I was like this, I don't like this, this hold that it has on me. I don't yeah. like this. I don't like it, but yeah. I will say, and I mentioned this, uh, maybe my last episode, I was talking about how there's music now that I can't, I can't listen to at all. Yeah, like yeah. I wish I could, cause I used to play it mm-hmm. and I used to sing along, but mm-hmm. now I'm like, oh shit, I can't listen yeah, to yeah, that. Yeah. Do you yeah. have any of those? Like, yeah, specific- like yeah. It's, it's more so of that the music that I don't listen to as much now is like that mid, 
mid two thousand, like early two thousands music. Yep. music that I used to be on really yep. heavy. Yeah, I don't listen to it as much no more. Yeah, because it, it definitely does something to your subconscious, mm-hmm. and then it's like, wait a minute. Yep. Like, and I even you know I love some knuck if you buck. However, yeah. like yeah. I could see why fights broke out every yeah, time yeah. it came on. Right. right. Yeah, like you already knew. That's one of those songs, yeah. I heard mm-hmm. it. I heard it about three or four times like, last night. Mm-hmm. Down at, uh, and it State. still gets the same, same reaction, same response. Yeah, yep, same reaction every time. So, um, but yeah, music's been definitely uh, pivotal in that uh, healing journey. Um, you know, it's it's like a like a healthy drug. You can mm-hmm. never not go wrong. You can never go wrong with music, and uh, you know, just I don't know, just something about listening to how. A, a guy expresses himself about like it's like what what a woman what woman makes you feel like that you know what I'm saying <laughs> I want that type of love when I grow up right you know? it made me sing and make me feel like that so yeah definitely definitely some uh, some healing some healing in in that 80s and 70s even mm-hmm. the 90s music you mm-hmm. know it's very much so healing now you also have a catering business yes. Um, yes. I know for me, and I feel like it's it's an either or, not like an in between. Uh, like I didn't have a lot of. I mean, I did. I guess when my dad was still present, um, home cooked meals, and then at some point, I think because I'm the youngest of three, mm-hmm. I think after my brother and sister were gone, my mom were kind of. My mom was just kind of like, "Oh, you're on your own. Like mm-hmm. you know, you could find something for yourself or whatever." Did you have a lot of home cooked meals growing up? Like, is that okay? I did. So you uh, had like an understanding of yeah. what food did for the family. Yes, we uh we had a lot of great home cooked meals. Um, some days weren't as great, but I used to look forward to cookouts. I knew the food was gonna be hitting. I knew my <laughs> aunt was gonna bring that pasta salad. <laughs> you know, she was gonna bring that good mac and cheese and some fried chicken. You know, so mm-hmm. a lot of those I used to look. Those are like to. your staples now. Yeah, yep, my staples. I still <laughs> I still cook them with like I can cook them with my eyes closed. Mm-hmm. You know, so. Um, you know, and I, I'm a country guy, so I love me some country eating. I love me a fried bologna sandwich. Mm-mm, you know what mm-mm. I'm saying? No, I'm good on that one. Yeah, like I love me a fried, but I haven't had pork chop in a long time, but I will eat me a fried pork chop sandwich. It's been a long time. Uh, but just country eating, uh, smothered uh, turkey necks, turkey legs, whatever, turkey wings, man. Low vibrational plates. Yes, low vibrational. <laughs> yes, yes. Listen, there's some of the best. Best food I've, like, I love, I love cooking those dishes. Mm-hmm. So, um, I didn't have a lot of guidance in the kitchen, though, growing up. I would look every now and then, but not that much at home. Now, my first job was a um, dish boy. Um, I worked at uh, B&B Meats in uh, Uptown Bamberg, um, and I made about five bucks an hour. But mm-hmm. it was probably, probably the one thing I didn't know I needed, uh, Mr. Okay. Mr. Uh, Pam Barnwell, he used to cut our hair growing up, and it's five dollar haircut, you know. So he cut my hair all up until I got it, got up until about the tenth grade when I started making my own money <laughs> and going to the barber that I wanted to cut my hair. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, great guy, uh, still I still go see him every single time I'm in town, um, and he's probably been probably been the person that's been most influential as a child a lot of people looked at michael jordan and other different people i want to be like mr pam so catering came from that looking Mm. looking over the shoulders like you know i'm a young guy i'm ninth grade but i'm just trying to learn how to cook what y'all cooking Mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm. and every now and then he would ask me to take the mac and cheese out or something like that and i'll just 
you know, you're like, well, I'm about to put it in here, take it on, you know, 50 minutes. So it's like, okay, well, now I know how long it takes to make mac mm-hmm. and cheese, mm-hmm. you know, and we would fry chicken. He said, well, you see a floating bubble, you know, grab it out. So it's like, mm-hmm. okay, well, maybe about 20 minutes on the wings, we're going to fry the wings. And, um, you know, so I was just a sponge as a kid, just learn, trying to learn that stuff. And he would cater a lot of different weddings and different small funerals and stuff like that. So, um, I was always helping him, you know, do those things. And even as a dish boy, I soaked up a lot. So mm-hmm. me getting into it was almost inevitable. You know, it's been, it's always ran deep. Food food in general has always ran deep. And uh, It wasn't inevitable because we discussed it. Like, these are yeah. choices. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These are, like, because you can, you can have seeds planted all your yeah. life. And, like, yeah. if you choose to do that's something true. with them, that's a whole other story. Absolutely. So with me, it's, you know, it's no surprise that it played out like that. Um, my very first time getting in trouble for cooking was uh, stealing. Got in trouble for cooking? Yes, yeah, stealing some crab legs. <laughs> I, my mom had some crab legs in her deep freezer outside, and I just eyed them, eyed them, eyed them, kept my eyes on them, and I was like, they're not going to cook these crab legs. And <laughs> I went to school, you know, snuck them to school. You snuck crab legs to school? Yes. I okay. Snuck crab legs All to right. school. Just and, in a Ziploc uh, bag? No, no, no. In the actual, like, actual bag that they froze in. And okay. And it was home. I cooked, I sent them to Miss Guzman's class for home economics. And uh, my very first time cooking crab legs. And Was we for had, class. We had the whole school smelling like <laughs> crab legs. We had math teachers, English teachers. Everybody want to walk down and come get them a crab leg. Oh, okay. All right. And... That was my introduction to, wow. It's a hell of an introduction. I see how people feel about me cooking. Mm. You know what I'm saying? This was in ninth grade. This mm-hmm. was 2006, mm-hmm. you know, 2006. So um, I, I, I got that influence early. And by the 10th grade, I was cooking Spanish dishes for, you know, you know, class assignments and stuff mm-hmm. like that and taking them to school and everybody's eating them, you know eating these dishes and stuff so yeah that was not my path at all yeah at yeah. all <laughs> like, so so where i ended up with culinary is no surprise mm-hmm. uh, noel's catering uh instagram uh, facebook um that's my daughter's middle name uh, layla noel johnson she's been very instrumental in all of this um process with me falling in love with cooking and and me. it sounds like you just like She's been influential in the process yes. of a lot of, all of all your of development. This, all of this. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, she's every, like, I've been called out so many times. I've made mistakes as a parent, and she'll be right there, you mm-hmm. know, like, still loving me the same. It's like, mm-hmm. well, if it's, if, if you still love me and all I got to do is fix it, then let me do that. Right. You know what I'm saying? And, man, I. How simple I, that I, sounds. Yeah, yeah <laughs> it, it is. You know, and a lot of people don't get that. You know, I, I always talk to my baby. I always tell her how proud of her I am and how gifted she is. Um, and I always wish I, I, I was like, I always talk to the person that I wish talked to me that way. Absolutely. You know, at, at eight years old, right. at seven years old, like. I really wish somebody talked to me like that. And you don't know what it does to a child. Yeah. You know, so. Um, and it, that might just be all they need, just that yeah. confirmation from their their source, mm-hmm. you know. And um, if that's the most I can do to, to make sure that I pour into this kid, then let me do that. That's absolutely nothing, you know. So she's been right there through all of my greatest accomplishments and all of my biggest mistakes. She's been right there, mm-hmm. right there. There was a period where I was 
had some years. It was just mess up, mess up, mess up, and we all and, have them. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and I, you know, it's I'm bouncing back from things, and I'm I'm seeing our relationship improve with me fixing those things I need to fix, and so that's been helpful as well. Uh, honestly, it's been the most helpful thing in all of this was um, my daughter. Man, she's she's so. Little girls in general gonna have their dad's heart, you know. Like I, like like just the journey that I had. I've always had a great connection with children, and um, but it, man, just being able to protect the kid like that—that's mm-hmm. so gifted. And just to let her operate in her own element, uh, whether it's a TV show, she's done you know TV segments, and she's done uh, you know TV commercials, mm-hmm. and I, I couldn't be more proud. Couldn't be more proud of of, of, a, of a, such a young scholar. She's gonna be a great great kid one day. Oh, I'm happy to hear. I'm here for. It. I'm here for yeah. that energy because yeah. uh, I don't think there's enough showcasing and highlighting yeah. of black present fathers. Yes. So that's that's. Can, can we get an applause? Like yes. shout out to shout out to the black present that's, fathers. That's <laughs> one of the one of my favorite roles right there is being her dad, being you know being her siblings dad but just really like being able to mold a kid into exactly what they need to be mm-hmm. in like the way the world is now and equipping them with all resources if i had like one fear it would just be not being there to protect mm-hmm. her or protect her brother like you know like i feel like they need to be protected with the way the world is now um i will uh since we're talking about catering things um and I've, I've mentioned on my show before, like, I feel like there's certain things I can share on my podcast that I can't necessarily show, share on social media. At some point, mm-hmm. that'll shift. But I'm like, I love that I can talk to my podcast people about all my shroom things and all my cannabis things. But um, I feel like we need to have a little collaboration. Not not little. Yeah. Hold on. Let me because let me let me fix that. Biggest. We need a big collaboration soon uh, of uh, my mind with my my herbal medicine things. Mm-hmm. And your mind with your food things. Five courses. Yes. Like, I'm mm-hmm. here for that. I, I do courses. believe, you know, we could have like a, let me think of what it could, what, what, what could it be called? I like, I like a good pun. Mm-hmm. So it'd be something like, um, <laughs> you know, uh, high vibrational meals. Yes. That sounds like some shit Shiana says. Yeah. So let's, let's do a high vibrational meal, five course scenario. That sounds like a move. Okay. I like the sounds of that. I'm here for it. <laughs> uh, and one of the questions I like to ask my guests, which, you know, like I'm pretty sure I have, I'm pretty sure the, those that are listening have this answer too, but what's your medicine? My medicine is cooking. What does that do for your soul? Cooking fulfills me. It feeds me. It, it does everything it needs to do. Um, it's the one gift that, is also a um, just a life tool. You need to learn how to cook to feed yourself, feed your family. Um, so my medicine has been culinary, uh, everything a, a part of that. I love being an artist and um, just operating in my in my gift is is just enough. You know that's my medicine. Here for it. Well, thank you again for for sharing all the things with me today. Uh, Where can the people find you that are looking for your services, looking to hear more information about you? Where can they find you? Chef Darius J on Instagram, um, Noel's Catering on Instagram and Facebook. 
Uh, and if you're on Facebook, Darius Johnson, I probably want to accept your friend request. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, thank you again, DJ, for, for showing up today and sharing all the things. I know like love. I like to share with people, we don't realize the impact that we have by just being ourselves. Yes. Um, so you just being so transparent has way more of an impact than you even realize, you know, just from showing up today. And the good thing about podcasts, <laughs> the good podcasts, let me toot my own horn there, the people that aren't projecting is this is evergreen content. So somebody can always come back to this and listen and you'll be surprised by who shows up in your life and they're like, hey, you shared that like, it's like one yeah, line. Yeah, <laughs> and you're like, they're like, you changed my life with that. And you're like, really? Like I was just, I was just telling. Just telling the truth. Just telling, telling the, the story, truth. Yeah. Right. Yep. So uh, thanks again to all the listeners out there. And you know what I'm going to tell you? Remember to meditate and hydrate. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to Who You Call in Holistic. Be sure to like, subscribe, and share. You can find me and all my services on shiana.com. That's S-H-E-A-N-A-H.